Well, uh, let me just dive right in and read the passage. It comes from Matthew 18, 23 to 35. Uh, and if you're able to, I want to ask you to rise to your feet. I'll read the passage afterwards. We'll say this is the word of the Lord. You can respond, thanks be to God, and I'll pray for us, and we will begin. Matthew 18, 23 to 35 says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, with his wife and children and all that he had, and the payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Right, let me pray for us. Uh, God, we uh, thank you for allowing us to meet, uh, for allowing us to tune in, to allowing us to read your word, Lord. Uh, as we uh, just meditate and listen to what you have to say, God, uh, speak to us. Speak to us on what it means to forgive, Lord. Use me as your tool and your vessel uh, to honor you and to uh, speak the words that you want me to speak, Lord. And, and it's through this, Lord God, we ask, Lord, that you can change us. You can heal us. You can remind us, Lord, the, the hope that we have in you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, we're going to be talking about forgiveness today. Forgiveness. If you're taking notes, uh, there's two points. Uh, why to forgive, that's point one. And the second point is how to forgive. Why to forgive, how to forgive. I like to keep it really simple. Uh, the first point is why to forgive. And as we dive into this, uh, I just want to be honest with you. Forgiveness is a really hard and complicated thing. Uh, this sermon is not going to answer everything, but I hope that it kind of stirs within your heart something. And I want to just start by asking you a question. And the question is this. Has someone done something to you that you didn't think you could ever forgive? Has someone done something to you that you didn't think you could ever forgive? You know, maybe it's a friend. They gossiped behind your back. They said something that wasn't true. And you just replay, you know, asking these questions like, why did they say that? Are they even my friend? Can I trust them again? You know, back when I was younger, uh, and I never talk about this because I don't really like ta pastors talking about this, but I had a checkered past. And what I mean is, I mean, I'll just say it, I was a drug dealer. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you can't believe it. But when I was younger, I was a drug dealer. And I sold ecstasy. <laughs> uh, and so I would, I would sell these things called single stacks, double stacks, triple stacks. Um, and the favorite was this thing called the Blue Dolphin back then. Um, but I had somebody betray me. <laughs> they turned me in. I, you know, I was selling at my school. And they wouldn't suspect me because I was a straight-A student, and that's the best type of uh, dealer that there is. Uh, but they sold me out. 
and my who I thought was my friend wasn't really my friend. And to this day, I'm like, why did he sell me out? Like, I thought he was my friend. And we never really had a chance to reconcile. And, and I wonder, I'm like, man, I don't, know, I don't know if I've forgiven him yet. Maybe for you, forgiveness is to somebody closer. Maybe it's to your family. Maybe it's to your parents. Maybe it's something, not that they did to you, but something that they didn't do. Maybe they didn't love you the way that you wanted to be loved. Maybe all they care about is your grades. All they care about is getting a good job. And really, you just want them to show that they care for you. That's all you want. And you think about it, and it stews in your mind, and you're an adult now, so you kind of understand, okay, my parents, this is how they show love. And yet, it kind of stews there, and there's this lack of forgiveness that we can't shake off. You know, there's this pain, and I think the, the greatest pain might be in a betrayal of a relationship. You know, for some of you, you know, you, you come from a household where your parents are divorced, or maybe you were separated yourself, and there's this deep pain. You know, that individual, they cheated on you. That individual cheated on your mom, your dad. Like, how can you forgive that? You know, whatever it is, when someone is truly hurt, when the cuts run so deep, it's really difficult to forgive. And it's really just a nice idea, this forgiveness that's mentioned in the Bible. But as C.S. Lewis says, everyone says forgiveness, it's a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Isn't that true? It's such a nice idea until you have something or someone to forgive. And yet what Jesus says in this passage is we are to forgive others. And it's not this lip service or superficial, you know, superficial forgiveness, but we're supposed to forgive from the heart. And it's only when we do that are we able to move past the pain, move past the brokenness that you may be experiencing right now. See, in our passage, Jesus is headed to Jerusalem, and this is the final time that he's headed there uh, before his crucifixion. See, for most of his ministry, he's talking about, hey, this is why I'm the son of God. He does miracles. He preaches the gospel. But on his way to Jerusalem for the final time, uh, he doesn't talk about that. He actually turns to his disciples, and he focuses on them. He focuses on community. And he says, hey, I'm going to leave you guys behind But I want you to focus on this. Focus on forgiveness. If you're going to be living with one another, you need to forgive one another. Because Jesus knows this. When you're living in community, you're going to hurt one another. And the only way to get past the hurt is by forgiveness. And in our parable, he shows us a few reasons why. The first reason is this. You forgive because you've been shown mercy first. You forgive because you've been shown mercy first. There's three characters in the parable. There's the king and then there's the two servants. The king is God and the servants are everyone who calls themselves a believer. It's you and me. See, the king had a servant who owed uh, a, a tremendous debt. And clearly this is an infinite debt. He says it's 10,000 talents. Do you know how much that is today? You know how much 10,000 talents is? It's $400 billion. $400 billion. That's double what Jeff Bezos is worth right now. And so it's this infinite uh, infinite debt that he can't repay. And when somebody can't repay a debt, what's customary is they have to go to jail. And then what happens is kind of comical. In chapter 26, the servant says, this is what he says to the king, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. He says to the king, please, please forgive me. Have patience with me. I'm going to pay you back $400 billion dollars. It's absurd. 
But the king does it. Perhaps what's more absurd is immediately afterwards, this servant goes to his fellow servant who, owns, who owes him a debt of 100 denarii. That's a few thousand dollars. And this servant does the same thing, falls to his knees, says, please have patience with me. Forgive my debt. But the first servant doesn't do it. Instead, he throws him in prison. And upon hearing this, the king gets angry and he throws the first servant in prison. He says, should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? See, the first servant was shown an infinite amount of mercy. Shouldn't he had mercy on his fellow servant? And then what happens is he get the first servant gets thrown in prison. And then king and the king whose God says this in verse 3, 35. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And here's the lesson. If you call yourself a Christian, there's this real link between our forgiveness of others and God's forgiveness of us. In other words, I'm not sure if you've been forgiven by God, if you're unable to forgive others. And the reason we're, we're supposed to forgive is not only because it's a commandment, but because we've been forgiven first. And here's the second reason. I think this is the more compelling reason is we forgive because we've been forgiven through, what, the cross. We receive forgiveness through the cross. There's no other religion that places such an emphasis on forgiveness than Christianity. Right? Other religions, they might focus on harmony, uh, karma, or might skirt around it, but Christianity focuses on the cross. And the foundation of the cross is forgiveness, Christ's forgiveness of us, this infinite mercy. And we forgive because of our faith that's rooted in the cross. See, forgiveness that's rooted in other things such as, you know, your mental health or uh, just self-actualization or anything that's kind of self-interested, it won't work. It won't last. Because, let's be honest, a lot of people find nursing a grudge to be more pleasurable. Now, there's a therapeutic byproduct that comes from forgiveness, but it must be rooted in the cross. Because the cross shows us an infinite amount of mercy that God has given to us. And out of this mercy, we are to forgive others. And some of you, uh, you have a problem with mercy. You like the justice that's found in the cross, right? Because there's this infinite amount of mercy, but there's this infinite amount of justice as well. The cross fulfilled both. And yet some of you, you know, you just love that justice part. Right? Maybe it's because of the social media uh, movements that are going on, the social justice movements going on, and there's this heavy emphasis on the justice. And we completely miss the mercy. But the cross satisfies both. There's this tremendous debt that needs to be paid. And Christ paid it, thereby fulfilling the justice. And yet he showed us mercy by paying it himself. And as Christians, this provides a motivation and a model for the reason of why we should forgive those that have wronged us. Here's the third reason. Forgiveness is the only way forward to healing. Forgiveness is the only way forward to healing. Uh, there's a Christian author by the name of Lisa Turkus. Uh, she, uh, she wrote a book on forgiveness. And she writes from a very painful place. She got divorced. Her husband cheated on her. Uh, and at first, she wanted to get revenge. She's like, I want to get revenge. That's going to satisfy me. She, at least there's some sort of justice. Like, he needs to get back what he did to me. 
But the thing is, as time went on and as she kind of thought about the different ways, she realized this is not really going to satisfy me. You know, she was going through counseling sessions and her counselor asked her, hey, what would need to happen to your husband or what would he need to do for you to, you know, be satisfied, for you to be healed? And as she sat there, she, she said nothing. She realized it was nothing. She reflected on this question, there's nothing he could do to make her whole again. He took something away, but he can't give it back. See, the only way that she could move past that what she desired was healing, and the only way that she could move forward was through forgiveness. And so in the book, she writes about her journey on forgiving her husband. And isn't that what we all desire for when, we, when we're just wronged? We want to be healed. We want to be made right. And what Jesus says, the only way to move forward and to be healed is to forgive, is to forgive. Now, I know I kind of just went over this really quickly, uh, and I want to mention this. Uh, some of you sitting here, some of you tuning in online, you are victims of real hurt. You've gone through divorce. You've been abused emotionally. Some of you have been abused physically. Uh, and these are deep issues. And I don't want to minimize your pain. and I want to validate your pain. You know, I, I know it's complicated. It's messy. And I think a lot of times what Christians get wrong is we just kind of make it very easy, very fluffy. Hey, just believe in Jesus. It's going to be, all be better. But the reality is it's messy. A lot of the reality is it's hard. And yet the challenge that Jesus gives us, gives to you and me, is that the way to move forward ultimately is through forgiveness. And this is a decision that the perpetrator actually can't make. This is a decision that you make. It's a decision that you make. Let me explain. Jesus, in our passage, he's on his way to Jerusalem when he tells this parable. What's interesting about Jerusalem is there's only two healings that actually happen in Jerusalem. There's a lot of healings mentioned in the Bible, but there's two that are mentioned in Jerusalem. Uh, there's the healing of the blind man, and there's the healing of the paralytic. Both the blind man and the paralytic, uh, they've been disabled for a long time. And when Jesus goes to them, this is in John, he, he just says, hey, go. He says the imperative, go. It's an action item. Hey, pick up your mat, go to the water, wash your eyes. And both these guys, they had a choice. This was a decision that they had to make. And yet they went up, they picked up the mat, and the paralytic was able to walk. The blind man washed his eyes, was able to see. See, they had a choice. They've been blind and paralyzed for such a long time. And yet when Jesus said to go, they did, and they were healed. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you've just been paralyzed. Maybe you've been blinded by, by the person that hurt you. And when Jesus says go, it's just such a hard thing. And there's a lot of excuses that run through your mind, and they're probably valid. But yet he says, if you want to be healed, you need to go. You need to pick up your mat. You need to wash your eyes. That's the only way to move forward. And move on to the second point. How do we forgive then? How to forgive? All right, what's interesting is forgiveness is a, a foundational thing to the Christian faith, and yet many Christians don't know what it means to forgive. And I ask my kids, hey, what does it mean to forgive? I try to ask them if they, you know, I'm like, hey, I don't, how do you understand this? And you know what they said? They just said, forgiveness means when I'm sorry. That's all it means. 
And I, I had two thoughts. I was like, one is like, I got to do a better job as a pastor and as a parent on teaching them what this means. Uh, but the second thing is like, yeah, that's, that's part of it. But there's a couple things in this passage that are required. The first is compassion and patience. To forgive, you need compassion and patience. The king forgave the servant's debt, and it says in verse 27, he forgave him out of pity for him. The master uh, of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. See, that word pity, other translations use the word compassion. The king had compassion for the servant, and out of this compassion, he forgave him. See, forgiveness requires compassion. Forgiveness also requires patience. See, if you recall, the servant in verse 29 says, have patience with me and I will pay you. Patience. You know, patience means letting go. But in the Greek, it actually goes a little bit further. Patience means enduring evil. Patience also means enduring evil. And maybe, you know, you've been wronged and you need patience. And that person is never going to forgive you. But what scripture says is we need to endure evil by being patient. And this is not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. Now, when I read this and I studied this, uh, there was an objection uh, that came to my mind. Sometimes I don't have compassion. Sometimes I don't have patience. And some of you may be thinking that right now. When we talk about this topic of forgiveness, you might be just thinking of, that person hurt me so bad, I'm not even, I don't feel like forgiving him. I don't feel like forgiving her. I'm just angry. It's okay. In fact, anger is natural. The king was angry. If someone has wronged you so deeply, it's natural to feel angry. But can I tell you, the beginning of compassion isn't always a feeling. It's actually a decision. In other words, you can begin forgiving somebody without feeling like it. You can begin forgiving someone without feeling like it. Tim Keller, uh, he wrote this book on forgiveness, and he said forgiveness is usually granted before it's felt. True forgiveness is granted before it's felt. You know, my wife Rose and I, we've been married for about 13 years or so, um, and we get into a lot of arguments, right? We get into a lot of arguments, uh, but every year or so, we get into what I like to call the big one, right? These big arguments, uh, and I didn't give her, I didn't ask for permission to share stories, so I'm not going to share any stories, even though you want to hear, but I will tell you, I'm so angry. You ever get into an argument with somebody, and you're just like so angry, like you don't see like any colors, you can't think straight, you're just frustrated and angry, uh, and when I reflect upon kind of those, those, uh, those arguments, uh, usually, number one, I'm the one who's wrong. <laughs> but number two, I have to make this decision that I'm going to forgive her before I feel it. Right? It's this decision, hey, I committed to being your husband. I committed to loving you, and I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forgive you. And then as I make that decision, the feeling actually follows up right behind it. And for you, there might be somebody that needs forgiveness in your life, and you don't feel like it. You're just angry. You're frustrated this person hurt me so bad. And what scripture says is it's okay. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a decision. And maybe today you need to just make that decision. Hey, I'm going to forgive this person and begin this journey. I don't feel like it. I'm still angry, but I'm going to start it. I'm going to show them compassion and patience. This is how I'm going to do it. Now, Tim Keller in his book also gives some practical tools. And maybe this will be helpful 
How do you know when you're showing compassion? How do you know when you're showing patience? He says when you're not doing these three things, this is when you're beginning to show compassion. This is when you're beginning to show patience. These are the three things. When somebody wrongs you, it's not to bring up the matter to that person. That's one. Not to bring it up to other people and then not to bring it up to yourself. So in other words, you know, if somebody wrongs you and they do that mistake again, it's, hey, I'm not going to bring it up to them. I'm not going to bring it up to them. Not to bring it up to other people. You're not going to gossip about them. You're not going to bring their reputation down. It's so easy and it's so fun. But true forgiveness means, hey, you're not going to do that. And the final one is not to replay it in your mind over and over again. Now, these are not easy things and it's not going to be perfect. But when you're able to do all three, that's when you show compassion. That's when you show patience. And that's when you're able to forgive. Here's the final reason on how you can forgive. It's being reminded of the forgiveness that we receive first. It goes back to the first point. How do we receive forgiveness? Through the cross. Now for some of you, you need to be reminded of this. And you're reminded in different ways. Maybe it's nature, maybe it's reading scripture. For me, it's actually through music. Right? Isn't it interesting that in service we have uh, music? Like, why did God choose music? And I believe it's because music is a powerful thing. Music is a powerful thing because it does two things. One, it helps us remember the fact of what happened, but it also helps us remember the feeling behind it. It helps us remember the fact of what happened, but also the feeling behind it. Let me explain what I mean. You know, I remember this moment that I was saved as a Christian. It was in the seventh grade. It's a retreat called Hearts on Fire. Uh, and I remember it was in the summer. I remember that this is a fact that happened. You know, the speaker talked about Jesus, his love for me, his death on the cross. I'm saved by grace through faith alone. And I remember I decided, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. This is a fact. But then there's this feeling, this feeling that arises every time I hear the song, I Surrender All. You guys know that song? Like, I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Thank you, whoever did that. <laughs> yeah, powerful song, right? Every time I hear that song, I mean, it, it might not mean that much to you, it might mean something to you, but when I hear that song, that was the song that was playing when I was saved. And then it brings me back to that place and I remember the feeling of tremendous hope when I first heard the gospel for the first time. I remember the feeling of, wow, I've been saved by Jesus. This infinite debt that I had to pay. I've been saved. And a lot of times I forget this, but when I hear that song, I remember this. And I encourage you and challenge you to remember this time and time again. Maybe you grew up in the church and you forgot the debt that was paid. It's a tremendous debt. Maybe, you, maybe you're like the first servant. The first servant forgot that he was a servant. He thought he was the king. When we do have a king, and he became the servant, right? The first servant forgot his place, and maybe that's you. And you need to be reminded, no, 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 wait, you are the servant. And in fact, we follow the one who's the king, and he became the servant, and he paid the debt so that we can have a way. And so I know forgiveness might seem impossible to you, and the way to combat that is by doing these things, but the most important thing, if you want to experience peace and move beyond the hurt, 
is not by focusing on what the other person has done. I know it's a big thing, but focus on the infinite grace, the mercy that Jesus has given to you, this impossible thing. And when we're reminded of this, whether that's a song, whether it's you reading scripture, whether it's you praying, whatever it is, then maybe, then maybe we're able to forgive. And today we're going to be celebrating and reminding us of this grace once again by taking a partaking in a communion. And as we take the elements today, I just want you to just remember, what does this really mean? We do this on the first of the month, but there's this great symbol and meaning behind this. You know, churches across the world have been doing and partaking of communion time and time again. And I think a lot of times we forget, what does this really mean? Christ's body, Christ's blood shed for you and me this infinite grace and mercy that we receive time and time again. And be reminded, hey, it's out of this mercy and this grace I have been forgiven so much. Just maybe, maybe I can go on this path of forgiving others and experiencing the healing that Christ desires for me. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us, and we'll partake in the elements. God, we just thank you uh, for being a good and gracious God, Lord. Help us, uh, remind us of your grace, Lord God. I know this is a difficult sermon to hear, Lord God, and some of us are not in a place to forgive those that have truly hurt us, Lord, that have wronged us to our core, Lord. But what the gospel says is that your grace is more than enough, Lord God. It's infinite. And so as we partake in these elements, as we sing these songs of worship, Lord, remind us of your gospel truth, Lord God, that we are forgiven people. And it's out of this forgiveness that we forgive others. We thank you. We love you. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen.